Our first reading this morning is from Psalm 145, and if you've got a church Bible close to hand, it's on page 602, page 602, Psalm of Praise of David. I will exalt you, my God and King, I will praise your name for ever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name for ever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion, endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, and to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name for ever and ever. And our second reading from the New Testament is from Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 3 starting at verse 15, and that's on page 1119, treble 19, of the New Testament. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, 
hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So our psalm today tells us something of God and why we should praise him. And our New Testament reading from Colossians tells us something about how we praise. And I'm going to say a little bit more about that later on. But first of all, I'd like us to focus on a word that appears three times in that Colossians reading. It's not quite the same expression every time, but in each verse, God says, uh, sorry, Paul says something about, well, God says through Paul something about being, anybody spot it? Being grateful, being thankful, giving thanks. So we're going to engage in an activity now where we can give thanks. I don't know what you came feeling you wanted to give thanks for this morning, but perhaps you could hold that in your head. But we're going to do it like this. What do you want to give thanks for today? I'd like to invite you to write or draw. You don't have to write words. You can draw a picture representing a thank you prayer on the little square of card that is on or near your seat. And then I'm going to invite you to bring your thank you prayer to the front so that we can create a rainbow of thanksgiving together. So have a look for a card. And Nigel will come round with a pen or a pencil if you need one. Thanks, Matthew. Uh, Thanks, Ian. We've got spare cards here. You can just write one word or you can write a phrase or you can draw a picture But what is it you would like to give thanks for today? While this happens, the band is going to lead us in a couple of songs, which will also be up on the screen. And then when you're ready, bring it forward and we'll compile our rainbow of thanksgiving together. So, a rainbow of thanksgiving Isn't it interesting how when we put all our thanks together, we can create something that is quite powerful, quite symbolic. And a rainbow for me is a symbol of God's presence and promise. His promise to be with us always. A rainbow can only happen when there is rain and sunshine. When there is shadow and light. And... It reminds us that, of course, God is with us in every season of our lives. Here's another rainbow of thanksgiving. And if there are more things you would like to add to the rainbow afterwards, then please do come and do that because we're going to keep it and perhaps use it as a an aid memoir, something to remind us of the many different ways in which we can thank God, the many different reasons for which we thank God. And as Matthew said at the beginning of this service, we're in this season of August looking at 
what we do and why when we gather together for worship, particularly on a Sunday morning, but also during the week. Last week, we looked at the passage in Colossians, which talked about not neglecting to gather together for mutual growth and encouragement. And Andy reminded us of Acts 2, verse 42, where we learn that the early church met together for teaching, for fellowship, mutual encouragement and support, for breaking bread together, which we did last week, and for prayer. And this week, we're looking specifically at praise and thanksgiving and how we do that in corporate worship. And one of the things I like particularly about that New Testament passage, Colossians 3, that we looked at um, and heard read to us, is that it reminds us of the value of diversity in praise and, think- and thanksgiving. There are different ways. If you have a look at that, you'll see there are different types of music, psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit. And of course, in our traditions here at Camborne Church, such as we have them, we draw on different ways of doing things. We have prayers that are set prayers. We have prayers that are spontaneous. We have formal and informal ways of praying and singing together, uh, praising God and thanksgiving. And it's important to remember, perhaps, that we also have our own preferences. We have different ways of um, uh, responding to God. And it's important that in our corporate worship together, in our praise and thanksgiving, we reflect the diversity. We're not uniform. We're unified, but we're not uniform. We all have our preferences reflecting our personal background and our spirituality. And it may be that you find it easier to praise God in a particular way and you find other ways difficult. <coughs> Who likes, for example, the traditional hymns like the one that we saw, we sang earlier? Mm -hmm. Have a look around and just see what the diversity is. Who likes the worship songs, the modern worship songs that we heard, Tim Hughes and so on? Yeah, great. Who likes choral music? Look, look. Who likes Taizé chants? More repetitive, reflective, contempt. Look at this. Okay. Who likes the more sort of folky style of the Iona community or fisher folk if you're older? (laughs) Great. I'm really glad to see that. (laughs) So we're very, very different in our preferences and our, our preferred styles. And hopefully one of the things we try to do here in our praise and our thanksgiving, in our sung worship here at Camborne Church is to reflect that diversity. Now, we're never going to be able to please all of the people all of the time, are we? We don't, do we? No. But being family or community together means that we enjoy the things that, we, um, that are our preferred style and we perhaps respect and value and appreciate the things that are not such um, a familiar area for us, not such a comfortable for us a way of worshipping. Um, and we do it because we love one another and because we care that everybody is fed and everybody has an opportunity to worship God, to praise him. And because it's also good to be challenged sometimes to do something a little differently. So that Colossians passage is a very good reminder of the importance of diversity and the value of 
diversity in our corporate worship. And actually, if we looked at our psalm and began to think a little bit more about psalms, we would think, we would discover that for the uh, Old Testament people of God, diversity was also important. There are 150 psalms in the Bible, and they are a collection, a bit like a hymn book or a prayer book of the people of Israel. There are lots of different types of psalm. We tend to use one word, but actually there's a whole range of different types of psalm. Some of them are designed to be used individually. Some of them are designed to be used corporately. Some of them were designed for the king. Some of them are designed to be more priestly. And a number of scholars have done studies to look at the different types and categories of psalms on different themes and formats. There's a, a rich, rich diversity The one that we looked at this morning, Psalm 145, is designated as a a hymn of praise, a psalm of praise, possibly authored by King David. And it has a number of themes within it. It's actually very cleverly constructed, although perhaps we, when we read it in English rather than in Hebrew, don't grasp that. The psalms often mostly follow the style of a Hebrew poem. So it's a form of poetry, and it might have been said or it might have been sung. But this particular poem is called an acrostic poem. Anybody know what an acrostic is? Don't worry, I will tell you. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. So what happens in this psalm is that the author has done a little exercise and has taken the Hebrew alphabet and from verse, I think, three onwards, each line begins with a letter from the Hebrew alphabet. Now, that's quite a challenge. It's a bit like us saying, well, let's think about the colors of the the rainbow. There are seven which are red, orange, yellow, green, blue. In, yeah, it's pink here, but do you know my five-year-old granddaughter said, you know, that's not indigo. <laughs> and I said, well, okay, so let's pretend. All right, she said. <laughs> so indigo, violet. And the way I used to be taught to remember this was Richard of York gave battle in vain or... Rust on your gun barrel indicates Vaseline. <laughs> Anybody got another one? Not one that trumps that. <laughs> <laughs> but what about, those are fun, but what about if we said, well, let's think of all the things we can thank God for that begin with R. What would we say? Rain? <laughs> In Africa, rain is a sign of blessing. Yeah? Really hot day. (laughs) Really hot day. Okay, so we got two there, thanks. Slightly contrary, but great. And then we would think, well, let's think of all the things that begin with O that we can thank God for. I noticed somebody had put apples here, so we could say oranges. Yeah. And then what can we thank God for that begins with Y? (laughs) Ah. I couldn't possibly go any further. (laughs) 
But you see the point. So that's what the psalmist did. That was the first task he set himself, to actually try and think of as many different ways of praising God. And you can see that it falls into a number of different sections as a psalm as well. And if we looked very closely, we'd find that after the first two verses, when he's beginning his psalm with a commitment to praise God, he then goes on to praise and thank God for his mighty acts, for God's greatness, for his goodness, for creation and salvation in verses 3 to 7. And then in the next block, he goes on to praise and thank God for his character, his virtuous character, that God is compassionate, that he's rich in love, that he's slow to anger. And then in verses 13b to 16, he goes on to talk about God's faithfulness and provision. And he praises God and thanks God for all that God is and does for humankind, providing for their every need. And God does that even in the times that are dark and hard. He's faithful in his constancy, in his presence with us. He's faithful in so many different ways in providing for our needs. Not always our wants, but certainly our needs. And I'm very struck this weekend that we reflect and remember the experience of so many men and women and children who were prisoners in the Japanese camps during the Second World War. We remember those soldiers who were taken as prisoners of war, many of whom never came back. We remember others, women and children who were interned, whole families who died and never went home. And yet we know from the testimony of various writers and speakers of the time that God was there. And if you've ever read the book Miracle on the River Kwai, you'll know that God was there in the midst of the darkness and the pain. God was there. And that's the experience that the psalmist shares in many of the psalms. (coughs) Despite everything, whatever the season of life, God is present. Some of you know that we went uh, this year to southern Africa and one of our uh, period of time we spent was in Zimbabwe. That's my first visit to Zimbabwe. And it was a very interesting and challenging and enjoyable visit in lots of ways. But going into the supermarket to buy our food was really struck by the fact that although there is food on the shelves, everything has to be paid for in US dollars. There is no Zimbabwean currency anymore. Now, US dollars are not easy to come by. And as we were being served in the supermarket, um, my uh, friend whom we were staying with, who realised more than I did how expensive life is for ordinary people in Zimbabwe, 
said to the lady who was serving us, she said, we live in South Africa and we know how expensive life is with the rand. But for you guys living in Zimbabwe, having to pay in dollars, it's even more expensive. How do you cope? How do you manage? Said my friend. And the lady who was serving us looked at her with a smile on her face and she said very simply, by the grace of God. By the grace of God. And I was so challenged by that perspective on life from someone who is so poor and yet sees herself as so rich, as we sang in the song. God is there. God is present in people's lives. God is providing. They perceive God to be providing for them. God is in the camps in Calais among the immigrants. And if you feel anxious about your attitude or the way that your attitude is perhaps being shaped by the media coverage, as I do, then I do recommend that you watch Songs of Praise this afternoon. It may not be your thing, okay? It may not be what you do on a Sunday afternoon, but this afternoon, Songs of Praise comes from the Christians gathering among the migrants in Calais. And it might be a good challenge to us in this whole area of thanksgiving for what God does for us and how God is faithful to us. The last part of the psalm, verses 17 to 20, speaks of God's righteousness. And it would be interesting, wouldn't it, for us to have a look in detail at some of these prayers and see to what extent they echo the things that the psalmist in 145 is giving praise and thanks for. You might like to have a look at the end and just reflect on that. How far does our rainbow of thanksgiving match the rainbow of praise and thanksgiving that's reflected in Psalm 145? And if it's not a very good match, what does that say about us and about our attitude to praise and thanksgiving of a righteous, a faithful, a compassionate, a great and good creator and saviour God? And over the next week, you might like to think about how this might influence your own worship of God day by day. What fresh insights into God's nature have you gained this morning that might prompt you to praise him in a new and fresh way in the coming week? What new aspect of his faithful provision have you been alerted to that you will make a special effort to be mindful of and thank him for? Rain? Or shine? Amen.